Hey, it's Jordan. We'll fire up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. I just launched the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn. Each issue is inspired by conversations I've had here on the Chill Factory podcast and includes extras to help you, your clients, students, and anyone else you support. So subscribe to the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn and see you there. There have been a lot of times throughout those two and a half years that I felt like this isn't really working out and I can stop here, try to do something else for a little bit, and then maybe try to resume somewhere else. And I think that pushed me towards that end. Hey, welcome, and welcome back to The Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful with expert interviews, rapid relaxers, and excellent resources. I'm Jordan Friedman. Sometimes when I lead stress reduction trainings, I do an exercise called the Mod Squad, where a volunteer participant identifies a situation that's currently causing them stress. And then the rest of the group comes up with possible things that person can do to reduce the stress of that situation. But before the brainstorming part, I ask the volunteer this critically important question. Do you believe that if you change your behavior, if you do things differently that you can reduce the stress of the situation you identified. The volunteer needs to answer yes to that question in order to continue the exercise because believing that change can reduce stress is really important to making change. But actually changing behavior and doing things in a different way can be really hard. Change is full of uncertainties and that's just one reason it's stressful. And it's why enduring stressful or unhappy situations can sometimes feel preferable to making change and stepping into the unknown, the devil we know. Of course, staying put when things aren't right can keep you constantly stressed, it can wear you down, and it can make you really unhappy. So when I recently heard about Felix Bernardo's decision to leave college life for life on a farm, I wanted to talk with him as a reminder and as inspiration to seriously consider change for its great potential to reduce stress and boost mental health. Felix is a college student majoring in sociology. He grew up in New York City and has volunteered for a state senate campaign and does work in arts and media. This spring, he has been a farming apprentice at Zumwalt Acres in Sheldon, Illinois. I started by asking Felix what he does day-to-day there on the farm. Day-to-day kind of changes throughout the season. So when it's colder, it's a lot about prepping the kind of beds that that we do plant on when when the weather gets warmer. So it's a lot of taking out a lot of weeds that have spread during the winter and and spring seasons so that those beds can be prepped for the plants that we want to plant during the summer. But it's really a, a lot of logistics in the limited space that we have, what kind of fruits and vegetables and other plants we as a team kind of want to grow. The unique thing about the place that I work at, Zumwalt Acres, is that we do a lot of mushroom harvesting and, and a ton of horticulture. So mushroom growing and harvesting can be done really in, in any season because it's it's climate controlled and we, we do a lot of it in the basement. So that looks like cutting up a lot of straw and putting these the mushroom spawn in baskets and putting them downstairs in um, climate controlled, very humid environments so that those can grow. And that can really be done whenever. So that was a big priority for us in, in, the, in the colder parts of the spring 
because now is a time that we could do that and we didn't have to worry about planting other plants that, that we've been doing more recently. And is the work you do all day long or all day and into the night, what's the structure of your schedule? So the, the starting and ending times of the day do also depend on the season or the, the, the weather outside because when, when, it, when it's colder outside, you, know, you can manage to start and end later. But when, it, when it's hotter outside, you usually want to start earlier because it, it gets super hot during the day. So you want to kind of try to avoid the heat as much as possible because it, it, gets, it gets really tiring outside. So I'd say in, in the colder part of the spring, we were starting around 9 o'clock and ending around 4.30. But as it's gotten warmer, we've we've switched the starting time to 8 a.m. and ending around 4. So it's 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 a pretty long day. We we have a nice break for lunch, but um, other than that, it's 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 a lot of hard work, and especially from 8 to 4, it's you're you're definitely out there for a, a, a serious period of time. And what is the living situation like? Are are you living in a farmhouse or in a a dorm like situation? Yeah, so we all live in a house which has two floors, and the whole house in general really only fits about 12 people. Um, so it's nice that we've had a little bit of space just because it's usually the five of us, five or six of us. And I have one roommate. All the other co- cohort members live by themselves because we do have enough rooms. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much you, you either have a roommate or, or you have the space to yourself. And then in your off hours, mostly in the evenings, it sounds like you're doing your own thing. You hang out together. What happens? If we end at around 4, 4.30, we usually have this thing called EOD, which stands for end of day, which is our um, little end of day meeting, which usually lasts around a half hour where we all talk to each other and talk about how the day went and talk about different things that we want to accomplish the next day. So it's really like a kind of check-in wrap-up thing. And then after that, you really do do your own thing. I tend to tend to go outside, listen to music, read a book, because usually at that time it's it's a bit cooler. We have a cow pasture that's across the road, so spend some time looking at those. We have two barn cats, which are nice to spend time with. But really, it I feel like it is a lot of the time kind of taking some time for yourself, because the whole day is spent with other um, cohort members doing work outside. So it's definitely nice to have a little relaxation time for yourself. Um, but we, you know, we, we do spend time with each other. Someone's always on, on dinner for the night. So that person, you know, makes dinner maybe starts around 6 p.m. So we can eat around 7, 7.30. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of relaxing and take some time for yourself. I tend to make, make a phone call to a friend or to some family around that time as well. And Felix, what led you to this experience? It really started in my winter quarter of college that I wasn't having the, the best time at school. I had recently come back from study abroad. I was studying abroad in Vienna and I had, I'd had a really fantastic time. And I think during that time in Vienna, I was kind of dreading being back in um, Chicago at school. And I was really thinking about what's a way that I feel like I can do something productive and maybe not be at school. That's something tied to my interests. Because I was already thinking about taking a quarter off, which is essentially a semester off. And I was thinking, you know, I, I could go back home, back home to New York and try to do something there. But I was really looking for a nice, productive change of scenery. And um, farming or, or this kind of um, regenerative farm community represented something that I could be kind of constantly doing work, but also really engaged in, in, in one of my 
interests and passions, which is which is environmental and sustainable work. So I think those two things combined and also um, kind of recognizing that it was only an hour and a half drive away from my school, which seemed very feasible, um, kind of made it a, a very viable thought and, and option for me. Have you missed school while you've been there? Have you, you know, ever woken up in the morning or when you're doing farm work, thought, hmm, did I do the right thing? <laughs> I think maybe this is a bit cynical, but I haven't really woken up um, and thought that. And I wonder if that's that can be credited to, you know, maybe I, I really wasn't having a great time in school, which I which is obviously a big part of it. But I think another big part of it is really that the community here really welcomed me in and told me that I was gonna be you know, a productive, appreciated member of this community. And I think maybe at times when I didn't feel like I was engaged in a super appreciative collective community at school, I, I've really found a nice tight knit one here. So I think that, I think that has a lot to do with the way um, that I've appreciated being here. Hmm. Can I just uh, follow up and ask you, with your school experience in Chicago, was your dissatisfaction more about the community or about the academic program you were in or maybe a mix of both? Yeah. Um, I think looking back on it and now that um, I've kind of moved on from um, that school, I think it really does have to do mainly with the community there. Um, and I think I'm the kind of person that academics and community really go hand in hand and that I think I really do enjoy school and classes more when I, f when I feel like I'm part of a really engaged community. And I think that was really, really the case in high school. So I think that has a large part to do with the way that I was feeling at college, that I didn't feel like I really had the community that I wanted and the community that made me feel super supported. Um, and then because of that, I didn't feel as, as motivated or as willing to put in as much effort as I would have wished in classes. And I think the thing is that the classes that I took were very engaging and they were very exciting to me, but I think I just would have wished for classes to be maybe a little bit smaller, to have more of a personal relationship with like the students and teachers. And it kind of felt a bit anonymous and a bit, um, I, I felt lost at times because I just didn't have that kind of connection that I wish that I feel like I really appreciated and, and got in high school. And when you made the decision to go the route of working on a farm. This wasn't about, I'm going to quit school, I'm never going back to school. For you, this was about trying something different to reach some of those goals, such as a, a, a closer community. Yeah, exactly. I think it always felt to me like it was kind of um, a, a kind of midway point and a kind of temporary stopping point and and also a bit of a reflective point. And I tried to tell myself, you know, um, this is something that's not working out. You know, I've, I've already tried it for two and a half years. And there have been a lot of times throughout those two and a half years that I felt like this isn't really working out. And why try to continue to persist about something that I just feel like I, I, I have the opportunity and agency to say, I can stop here, try to do something else for a little bit, and then maybe try to resume somewhere else. And I think that option, because it was viable at the moment, and because I 
was lucky enough to find this position here pushed me towards that towards that end. So now that you've been doing this farm work, having this experience for a few months now, what are some of the big benefits for you and what are some of the drawbacks, if any? One real benefit, and I think this kind of came to my mind when you asked me, what does it look like for the cohort when, when the day is over and when we have a little bit of free time? I think a, a real benefit is being immersed in some really beautiful nature that is super quiet, super serene, and that you can really, I feel like, enjoy without any distractions. And, you know, I've, I've lived in New York City my whole life, went to school in Chicago. So I feel like I haven't had the opportunity for a real extended period of time to be able to enjoy that kind of thing. And I really get to enjoy it every day, you know, after 4.35 p.m. when I have some time to myself and I can just walk down the road and there, there's, there's no one here. We're living very rurally and really get to enjoy the space and get to enjoy the... the the trees were, were right by the water and the, and the weather too. So I think that's been a real benefit that I feel like I keep coming back to every day and think to myself, you know, I'm not going to get this experience probably after I leave here for a little while. So it's, it's really nice to be able to, to, to soak it in at least. Thinking about drawbacks, I think one thing that was pretty ab abrupt for me was the kind of um, eating and eating schedule that, that they have here because I came in here not vegetarian nor vegan, and most of the eating here is is vegan. You know, all the meals that we prepare are, are, are vegan meals. So I think I hadn't had that much experience cooking vegan food nor eating vegan food. So I think both things, those things combined took me a little while to get used to. But I think now after being here for you know, two and a half months, I've got, gotten used to that kind of diet. And I've also come to, to really appreciate how nutrients comes in a lot of different forms. And I think that comes not only from eating this kind of food, but also through working with the kind of food that, that we also eat that, you know, that we're, we're harvesting radishes, we're harvesting potatoes, we're harvesting all different kinds of spinach and kale that we also eat during our meals. So I think that kind of regenerative cycle of, um, making food that you also eat has also been very, very special to me. So I think that kind of drawback in some ways has, has even turned into a, a positive outlook on, on food and eating. Felix, if you were talking with a student or someone else who was considering this kind of experience that you've had, what might you ask them to think about or suggest they think about if they're uh, having trouble deciding about it, knowing whether it would be something right for them? I think at least coming from my perspective, I would really, really invite them to think about not only what kind of setting, what kind of farm they want to be in, because this is a very you know, regenerative, sustainable farm that really has is, is anti-industrial farming and really puts priority on manual labor. And, you know, a lot of other farms, they would use industrial technology to take a lot of the weeds out of out of plant beds and to plant long, long rows of seeds. Um, and that's not what we do here. We do every, everything by hand with tools, with trowels, with hoes, with rakes, that kind of thing. So I think that's definitely one thing that I would really stress thinking about. 
But I would also think about what's the kind of community you want to be invested in. Because in the farm here, you know, you're really with these people 24 seven. And, you know, after the day in, ends, that is kind of when, when you get a bit of a break, but then you come back for dinner and then, you know, you, you, you go to sleep soon after. So I, I would really invite them to think about, you know, do you want a larger community or do you want something kind of like, like this experience, which is smaller scale, where you feel like you really get to know the people very well and really get to engage with the land in a kind of really meaningful, productive way. So I think those are kind of the two prongs that I would, I would seriously consider. And it sounds like what you're doing on this farm, there's a lot of physicality to it. Uh, so I wonder also if you if you found that uh, challenging or challenging and really rewarding because you're being active in a way that maybe you weren't before. Yeah, I think I think rewarding is really the perfect word there because it really is rewarding to see a lot of the hard work that you that you put in kind of amount to stuff that's really being made and being sold in markets nearby. So I think it is nice at least to see, you know, a lot of the strawberries that we planted maybe a month and a half ago to be fruiting now and to see the radishes that we planted a while ago um, to be finally ready to be taken out of the ground, things like that. I think when, when, when that kind of thing happens, you really feel like, wow, a lot of the stuff that I did a long time ago that I feel like I forgot about because, you know, it's amidst so much other work you really feel like, wow, that's something that I can come back to and say, you know, I really put in the work there too, to, to, to see this be rewarding. You know, you keep saying things that prompt new questions for me. <laughs> What's the biggest thing you've learned or the most exciting thing you've learned so far? Um, I think that um, the most interesting thing for me is that I think coming from a place that I really felt not motivated to do very much, um, whether it was schoolwork or even a lot of times like socially, I just, I, I didn't, I, I was feeling like I was, I was pretty drained to kind of come here and really jump into a space that, you know, I felt really motivated every day to get out and do something. And I think a lot of that has to, as I said before, has to be, you know, credited to the people that are here and the people that, you know, make the space very special. Um, but I think it also is the thing, a, a kind of thing that it's really, a lot of it's very task oriented and, you know, you go out there and, and, and you're, you're kind of completing different tasks during the day and to kind of think about, okay, what are the tasks that I have to do today and what are the ways in which I can work with a team to be most efficient and to get those things completed really is a, a motivating kind of sentiment. And I think I've really come to appreciate that. So I think that's definitely one of the more interesting things that I've learned. And I think that is something that I didn't really realize or, or understand or know about farm life coming in is that it is in a lot of ways, a, a lot of little tasks rather than like one big thing that has to be done. And what's next for you? So when I was at school in the winter and even through the beginning of time here, I was applying as a transfer student to six different places. And, you know, as, as applications go, that took a lot of essay writing, doing some interviews, um, and even touring a couple places. And I finally made a decision and I'm off to a, a new school in, in the fall. So I think that it kind of made sense for this to be a kind of stepping stone onto that new journey towards somewhere else. Well, congratulations. And Felix Bernardo, thanks so much for talking with us about your experiences. It's really cool to 
be educated on other options for stress reduction and for learning, for education. So uh, I really appreciate your time and good luck. Thank you so, so much, Jordan. And thank you so much for having me on. And it was really a pleasure to, to talk about this awesome experience that I've had. Felix Bernardo is a college student, and you can learn more about the farm where he does his apprentice work in the show notes. One thing that Felix said that really stood out to me was that in the middle of his college life, he asked himself how things were going, and the answer was not so well, and that's why he made the change that we talked about. I think this is a great challenge for all of us to think about how things in our own lives are going and, if necessary, make some adjustments, make some changes. In fact, this is today's Chillinge on the Chill Factory app. Every day we post a stress and anxiety reducing activity that you can turn into a habit that reduces your stress all year long and maybe for the rest of your life. We've posted about 260 of these challenges so far, and I went back and picked out some ones that I really like. Set stress reduction goals. This is a challenge we sometimes post on the first day of the month. Of course, many of us make New Year's resolutions and then we don't follow through on them. But if we make stress reduction goals or stress reduction resolutions just for one month, it can make it more likely that we'll achieve them. They feel more manageable. Here's one of my favorite challenges, clarify. As smart as many of us think we are, we sometimes just don't understand how to do something or we don't understand what someone said. And that can cause a whole bunch of stress and worry and anxiety. So one way to reduce that stress is to ask for clarification. And a final example of a challenge is get a haircut. There is some evidence that people who get haircuts have lower cortisol levels after they're done. That's the primary stress hormone. This could be because they're in a relaxing situation, sitting down, someone's paying attention to them, and after they get a haircut, they look in the mirror and they feel more attractive. And that's a stress reducer. Again, we post a challenge every day on the Chill Factory app, and you and 25 other listeners can download the Chill Factory from the App Store or Google Play and enter the password change when prompted so that you can use all of the app's features for free for one year from the original post date of this episode. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow The Chill Factory wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are available. And there's always more at thechillfactory.net. And as professional auto racer, journalist, author, photographer, and women's rights pioneer Denise Kluggage said, change is the only constant. Hanging on is the only sin.